Hello and welcome to episode one of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. My name is Giri and I'm here with Jordan and we will be co-hosting this Monday morning podcast throughout the season. So um, tell us a bit about yourself, Jordan. Hey mate, um, glad to be here, looking forward to a big year. I've only been playing on a serious level for about two to three years. Last year was my best ranking season at 688. Uh, how about yourself? Um, yeah, this is also my third real serious season of playing Supercoach. Um, and like you, uh, last year was also my best season where I finished 1055th. Um, this podcast will go through the premium selections in each position where we'll give our thoughts on whether or not we'll start certain players or use them as upgrade targets or whether we'll just not touch them with a 10-foot pole <laughs> at all. Um, so without further ado, uh, let's go to the defenders. And the top defender on our list is Heath Shaw, who's priced at $607,800. He was the top uh, super coach defender last season. However, in 2016, will you pay top dollar for your uh, D1? Jordan, what are your thoughts? Um, to me, I've, I've considered not having him in, and I mean, he's just such an outlier to any other defender. I think he's a must-have. Um, looking here, he's had eight games with over 120 points. He's killed it in the NAB Cup. Um, he's super consistent. He only had one game with less than 80. Uh, he's a complete lock for me. What about you, mate? Um, yeah, I agree. I just think you can't afford to really miss out on uh, having the top player in each position. And I think Heath Shaw, regardless of whether he's going to average 112 or 107, even 105, I just think he's going to be the top defender. And if you really want to be pushing up the... Uh, the higher rankings, you need to have the top player in each position from round one. So I think whatever the price, you need to get Heat Shaw into yep. your team. Um, some people might say, you know, he might start slow and he might be available cheaper. And that is a fair, that's a fair statement because, you know, you might be able to pick him up for maybe 520k as opposed to 600k by about round six or seven. But, you know, that's a risk that you're going to have to that's a risk that you're going to have to take. And if he comes out firing like he did towards the middle and the end of last season, then you're going to be in a world of hurt because he could be averaging something close to, you know, he could average something like 120 and he'd be 650K and you won't be able to bring him in. You'll make waste too many trades trying to get a if top you consider, player. So I think if you start consider Luke your, Hodge last year... Uh, he yeah. got to a price where it was just impossible to get him in because none of the rookie defenders were able to get anywhere near him. So as opposed yeah. to midfielders, where their their rookies get to three hundred, four hundred k, defenders yeah. tend to fall short of that, and it just makes it a yeah. lot harder to get them premium defenders in. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I think the only one rookie two rookies last year that even got close to a decent price where you can upgrade to a Shaw or yeah. a Hodge-like player were um, Adam Sard and um, Adam yeah. Oxley. Yeah, so, and if you already upgraded those players, I think you really struggled. Um, so I think, yeah, you really need to have Shaw from He's the start. He's a lot for me. 
Yeah. Um, second one on our list is uh, Kate Kolodashny. Um, $482,200. Averaged 89.36 last year. Um, is he too expensive, though? Has he Is he maxed out? Or are we yet to see the um, best of him? For this season. Um, if you consider his price to average 89, um, that probably sits him in your D6 spot by the end of the year. And yeah. um, I think I think he'll have a down patch where he'll drop heavily in price and you'll be able to pick mm-hmm. him up for a lot cheaper. Um, he had seven games with less than 80 last season and only three yeah. with more than 120. I, I don't think he'll maintain that price. Yeah, I... I tend to agree. Um, I just I don't think you'll go wrong with selecting him though. I reckon if you want to keep him at your D six, um, he'll probably he'll probably be in the top ten. I reckon. Yep. Um, of defenders for the season, and you wouldn't lose too much by picking him. Not someone like who was priced. Uh, someone like Lumumba, who you think oh, is going to average what? You think he's going to average about eighty or ninety? He averaged what like sixty or seventy yep. for the season. Um, so yeah, I think Cade Kolodashny in the role that he's going to play as well. I mean, he's got Malcheski and uh, Trent McKenzie um, as competition, but I think that he's the one that's really going to have to keep that role because we haven't seen. We had a whole season to look at Malcheski and he delivered nothing, um, and Trent McKenzie really he's promised a lot and delivered very little in that aspect. Yeah. So. I'd be happy with picking him, but I think an upgrade is probably a more sensible option. I agree. Yeah. All right, so um, we're going to look at these uh, two Richmond boys next. Um, Alex Rance and Basha Hooley, they're both priced around 520k. Rance averages, um, averaged 97.05 last year, and Hooley averaged 95.64. Um, what are your thoughts on these two guys, Jordan? Um, I like them both. They're both very durable players. Um, if I were to pick one, it'd be Rance. He's shown um, a lot of potential to average 100, um, especially last season where he scored uh, a lot of scores over 110. I think he had six mm-hmm. overall. Um, Huli, on the other hand, has shown probably his best and hasn't averaged over 100 before. So I'd probably stay yeah. away from him. He definitely looks as if he's going to drop in price significantly during the season. And he's, mm-hmm. at best, an upgrade option for me. Yeah. Um, I have Rance in my team currently at the moment. Um, the thing that scares me is that he is a key position player. And, like, I mean, he's got... When you compare that both uh, Rance and Hawley, Rance does seem the more consistent type. It's just the stigma of a key position player. Yep. Um, you're bound to get, you know, 50s and 40s in there somewhere from these sorts of players. I mean, even Hawley's had seven scores under 80, whereas Rance has only had five. Yep. Um, I think I think both of them are really good selections. Um, and they're both going to drop in price. Like, Hawley, at the start of 2015, he came out... Oh, he came out on fire. Uh, I think he... Yeah, he came out with a couple of 140-plus scores. And then he also had his lean patch, you know, in the middle of the season as well, where he was, oh, he struggled to get to 70 at some stage. And 
Um, I think, like, and it it evens it evened out towards the end, and he still came out with a solid ninety five, which is something you'd expect from your D four or your D five. Yeah, D three, D three, D four, D five type of average. Four, yeah. Five, yeah, yeah. So I think for me, if you're going to start any of these guys, I'd probably say Rance. Yep. And if you're not, and you're looking for an upgrade target, I think Hawley will come cheap uh, throughout the middle of the season. So, I agree. You know, yeah. Um, so the next one that I'd, I'm really hot on this guy uh, is Rory Laird. He's also currently my team, in, and I'm going to say it now, he's locked at 506 grand, averaged 93 last season. Um, are you also going to be picking him, Jordan? Um, Laird is in my team, and I yeah. I do agree. I have him locked in. Um, it's not just his last season because he was contending with Smith. This year he has seeds yeah. as well. Um, it's just it's mainly the NAB Cup. He's shown his position. He's locked down that halfback flank role, and he looks like he's just going to sit there and rebound all day. Um. They do have a tough draw, but the ball will be down there a lot, and I can yeah. see him putting that average up about seven points to a hundred to even a hundred and two or three. Yeah, he's. Oh, I just like the way he plays. Um, I think Smith and Seedsman, they've kind of shown that they will have their off games scoring forties and fifties. Um, you don't really get a lot of that with uh, Rory Laird. I mean, he's only had five games uh, less than eighty. Uh, last and I year. think most of those were 70s as well. Yeah, um, I think that's a real, you know, consistent... That's a real consistent output from uh, Laird. Uh, he's had also, I would say, not too many scores under 100 as well. So, I mean, he's he's had, what, let's have a look. 13. Eight, 13. 13 scores under 100. So, I mean, he's got a lot to improve on. But yeah. the, this just, looks like he's here. I mean, already in the NAB Cup, 92, 121, and 91. I mean, 91. if he's going to be scoring like that every week, and yeah, you're not he, you can't mind. really pass up on him. Yeah, and I think one of those 91s as well is uh, is a game where Seedsman scored. 120, like yep. 100. Yeah, so I think that, that doesn't really affect Rory Laird as it would... You know, other rebounding defenders. Also with Laird, um, Seedsman and Brody Smith tend to miss games. Laird played 21 yeah. last year, so... Oh, yeah, durability, yeah, definitely. Yeah, a big tick. Yeah. Um, so the last real group of defenders that we're going to discuss are our old boys. Um, Jared McVeigh, Matty Boyd, and Jimmy Bartell. Um, McVeigh and Boyd come in at about... 550k, uh, and they both averaged 100 last season. And Bartel a bit cheaper. He's uh, averaged 87 points with at a price of 470k this season. Um, will you be touching any of these blokes, George? Um, McVeigh will be missing the first round or two, so definitely not McVeigh. You can't have that sitting on your pine. Um, yeah. Boyd for the first seven or eight rounds will be really good. I don't think he leaves Melbourne for that period but when it comes yeah. to the second half of the season and especially Supercoach finals he will see a lot of games from the grandstand um, Bartel I was hot on in the preseason, but 
if you look at his injury history, especially over the last couple of years, um, I think would be happy with 18 games from him. And yeah. personally, I'm going to stay away until he can he can get a few games out in the park. He is cheap, but yeah. with that price, it, he comes a lot of risk as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think another thing with Bartel is if he does get injured early, um, his price range is you're probably going to be tra- trading to another risky player at You're his stuck price. with Brody Smith or something. Yeah, so, um, and unless you've got, like, you know, a good 70, 80K in the bank, you can't really upgrade to any other real yeah. solid defenders. Um, and another thing with uh, Bartel, I think he picked up a knock in his last yeah, game. Yeah, he got a head knock and only scored uh, 22 for the game. Yeah. Um, and another thing I'd like to point out is that I really wouldn't be advising... Uh, anyone to go in with any two of these three guys in your team at one point? Nah, nah because if you've if there's a point um, where both McVay or Boyd miss games in the same round, then you're really struggling to um, really cover those outs with rookies, or you know if you're late in the season and you've got a loophole running in your defence. Um, I think you're in a Real world of hurt if you don't have you know your DPP connections yeah. and of those three, I'd be most more keen on McVeigh as an upgrade target. Um, I feel like yeah. he when he gets back from his injury will average a hundred to one hundred and five. Um, the other two, yeah. I'm not too sure on. McVeigh did get out twenty games last year as well, so yeah, he he just seems to be there and he's he's a leader at that club as well. So I don't see him you know, really being rested that much and Sydney will need to play, you know, are going to really push hard for top yep. four um, in 2016 and I think McVay has to that. be yep. central to those plans, yeah. Um, so that concludes our discussion for the defenders. Um, we shall move on to the midfield. Um, the first midfielder that we'll be looking at is none other than the great Gary Ablett Jr. He's Priced at $623,200 um, and over six games that he played in 2015, he averaged only 115.5 points. Um, Jordan, do you think we just need to lock him in our teams and forget uh, he's, it? He's forget definitely locked in my team. Um, I mean, he had one arm last year and scored a, yeah. a low of 87, which is actually very low for him. Yeah. But he managed yeah. to turn out a 189. He had a 156 in there as well. I mean, if you don't start with this man and it turns out he's healthy, yeah. then you're going to pay the biggest of prices. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think he's not going to get any cheaper than 623. I mean, he could get injured, but I think he's picked by quite a lot of uh, players. I think he's definitely over 20%. Um so I think, you know, you it's more of a risk to not have him than it is to have him. Yep. To be honest. Yeah. So I think just I think he's one of those players who you wouldn't be too upset if he gets injured or um, you know, he has to miss games because everyone will almost everyone will have that same problem. And in the meantime he's gonna be churning out one fifties, one twenties. Absolutely. If he's out yeah. there playing, then he's gonna be scoring hundred and twenty a day, you know. Yeah, and and also with that, it's going to be a captain option as well, just one extra captain option yep. in your team. So I think you really can't afford to 
not start with Gary Lock Apple him Jr. In. Lock him in. Um, the next three players that I'd like to talk about together are uh, Scott Pendlebury, Matthew Prittis, and Daniel Hannabury, who both, who all three are averaging around 115, all played 22 games last year. Um, but would you be picking all three of these blokes together? Would you be upgrading them, upgrading to these guys, or would you be just not touching them at all? Um, honestly, I don't have any of the three. Um, Neither. I think they're all good picks. Pendlebury resting off half-back, I mean, it could very well benefit him. It could hurt him at the same time. Um, Prittis always seems to have a low in the season where he drops down to about 520 grand, so he's an upgrade option. Yeah. Um, Hannabury, yeah. on the other hand, I really like the pick. I think he's a, a big POD like he was last season. And yeah, if I was absolutely. to start with any of the three, it would probably be him. Um, yeah. I just I just feel like having him over someone like Pendlebury, if Hannabury does churn out those 130s and Pendlebury sits on 110, then you're going to get a lot of points yeah. over the competition. Yeah, yeah. Um, things to point out, Pendle's uh, had only six scores above 120, whereas Hannabury had nine. Yep. Um, Prittis had seven, which, I mean, that's a good output for all three of them. Uh, I think just... The thing to really note is that, you know, Pendles has been churning out, uh, you know, 115 to 120 average, you know, for the last three or four seasons. Um, I think Han- for Hanabry, this was his real first real big season. So whether he can back that up again is, you know, really yet to be seen. Another crucial stat uh, is mine. that Pendlebury failed to score below 80 points all season last year. And that's just... Yeah. that's amazing consistency. Hannah's only did it once yeah. and I think that was a game that yeah. he, he had a bit of an ankle issue. Um he was getting tagged. Yeah. Um I think either of them are, are really they're just really consistent players. Prittis did yeah. it twice and I think that's what I was talking about. He can have that little bit of a lull where it drops down in price. Yeah. Yeah. Um but you know I think like Pendles is currently in my starting team at the moment. Um, whether I'll continue to have him is yet to be seen, but um, I think all three of them, whether you start them or upgrade them, you really can't go They'll too They'll all be wrong. top 10 midfielders. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Um, the next uh, three guys uh, that I want to talk about are three younger players, um, and they're priced at about 100k less than the three that I mentioned before, which is... Uh, uh, Luke Parker, Ollie Wines, and Dylan Schill. Um, they're all av- they're all priced at around between five twenty five and five fifty k. Um, and they're all the thing that these guys all have in common. Uh, they're all really primed to go big to m- make that next step into like you know to becoming an elite super yeah. coach midfielder. Um, do you have any of these three in your team at the moment? I have Schill. I think yes. from what he showed last year where he, he was able to stay with the top three midfielders even until he got injured, um, yeah. I think I think he has massive potential. He's only going to get better. Um, Parker, yeah. he relies a lot on kicking goals and he also has Josh Kennedy and Hannibal to contend with and now Tom Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell, Tom Mitchell um, as well. Ollie yeah. Wines has the same sort of contention in his camp with Robbie Gray, Travis yeah. Boak, Sam Gray even... Um, and yeah, I I just think of the three, Shield has the most upside, but 
any yeah. of the three are good picks. I think Parker and Shield yeah. are the most likely to finish top ten. Ollie Wines yeah. maybe just behind them. Yeah. Um, I think Parker's, for me, Parker's the one that I'm kind of hot on. Um, it's mainly because, you know, I think it was round one that he, you know, got shoved into a goalpost, was it, yep. last, year, last year? Yep. Yeah, and I think, I just don't think he was the same again. Um, he was never, I think maybe this is a fresh season for Parker and he's, I think this is the season that, you know, he's going to go 110, which something he probably, it probably killed him a bit that he didn't do it last year. That he wasn't, you know, didn't make that extra step up um, into an elite midfielder. He definitely showed signs. I mean, he had a he had a score yeah. of 148 during the year, and not many players yeah. can do that. Um, he's killing yeah. it so far in the NAB Cup with two scores, 119 plus. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's a bad pick at all. I actually like him as a pick. Yeah. For, I just think Shield has that little bit of extra X factor to him. Yeah. Um, and it's also structure as yeah. well. Like, how deep are you going to go into your midfield? Because um, you're going to have to have Ablett, Rockliffe, Fife, Dangerfield even, and you're going to have to think about where you're going to fit in Tom Liberatore. That's a completely different topic about your own team structure. And but, even you know, Crouch. If you're going to pick some... Yeah, and even Crouch. And if you, you've got to be thinking if you're going to be... Because you can't, you obviously can't pick all these guys in your team because you obviously you need to have your rookies and uh, what have you. Yeah. Um. However, if you do pick Parker, how deep is he going to be in your midfield? Can you have him, you know, as your uh, M two or your M three? I reckon if you were to pick him, uh, he'd be your M four or five, which is very yeah. deep. But I mean, if there's any year you're going to do it, it's going to be this year. Yeah, it's got to be now. If you, it's got to be yeah, it's got to be this year. The next player that we're going to be looking at is uh, Patrick Cripps from Carlton. Um, he's priced at $519,600. He averaged uh, 96.3 over 20 games. Um, Jordan, what are your thoughts on uh, I do like Cripps as a point of difference. Um, the big upside with him is that he plays for Carlton. He's going to be their top scorer... Nine out of every ten games. Um, the biggest downside with him is that he plays for Carlton. They're going to be on the end of a lot yeah. of thrashings. Um, that top score might only be a hundred and two, ninety even. Um, yeah. As a point of difference, I like him. He could give you that extra little edge that you need. But personally, I'd rather spend that extra little bit of cash and get Parker or Wines. Yeah, um, I tend to agree as well. Um, also, another thing is. I mean, he's still young, and he's still got a lot of development in him, so I don't think he's really ready to make that next step into becoming an elite premier midfielder. Yep. So I'd probably say, oh, you're probably a couple of seasons away before yep. you do that. Pick Patrick Cripps in your side. Um, next man on our agenda is Robbie Gray, who has lost his uh, forward mid eligibility, and he's now only a midfielder. He's priced at $595,900. He averaged 110.43 over 21 games last year. Um, would you still pick Gray as a midfielder only, um, Gray's had in my team for the first three weeks of the preseason. He's only just found yeah. his way out for structural reasons. Um, yeah. I really like him as a pick. People tend to lay off those players who've just lost their forward eligibility. 
Um, yeah. As we saw with Danger Field last year, it doesn't mean that they're a bad player anymore. It just means that they're yeah they're not a lock in that forward line. You can only pick them in the one yeah. position. So yeah. um, with Gray, I think he's a good pick. I think he's a massive pod. Um, yeah. As with when he when he scores, he scores big. He's had he had six scores over 110, eight scores over 120. Um, the downside yeah. is that he had a few scores with in the 70s and in, under the under the 80 threshold. Um, yeah. With pu- um, I think those were due to injury as well. I believe. I believe one of he them. He had was that due to concussion injury. where he had a sixty-three, Actually, but that seventy-three yeah. was just a, a stinker of a game. I think it was versus that, Hawthorne or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Port also have a very very easy draw, especially compared yeah. compared to last season, where Gray could go from one hundred and ten to one hundred and fifteen average. I like him. Yeah. Yeah, I. Would, I probably wouldn't start him, as you said, for structural reasons, but he could very well find his way into my team at some point, you know, probably just before the buys. Yep. Um, yes, yeah, so not a bad pick. Um, next man on our list, uh, Rory Sloan, $569,300. Uh, averaged 105.5 in 2015. He only played 16 games, however, due to a Cheek, jaw, cheekbone, something, yeah, yeah, cheekbone, yeah, um, surgery. Um, would you be considering Sloan next this season, Jordan, with uh, without his uh, good old midfield buddy Patrick Dangerfield? Uh, not having Dangerfield means he will cop the tag, but I think he's shown that he can score well as a mid only, copping that that first tag. Um, yeah. With Sloan, he averaged 105, and he had, I think he had two games of 60 in a row. Um, he also yeah. came back from injury scoring a 60 and still managed to average 105. He had, I think it was four games where he scored 140-plus. He's flying yeah. very, very, very far under the radar, and I think he could be a very good point of difference pick as well, especially at a, a bit yeah. of a discounted price due to injury. Yeah. Um, I think also if you take away his sub-affected and injury games, he was averaging something like 110, 112. Yeah, 115, I think it was. Oh, 115, yeah. So um, if you take away those games, yeah, he's proves to be a really solid midfielder. Um, I think just a big question mark of how he copes without Dangerfield. Also, um, and um, yeah, Crows do have that tougher draw. He did well last year. Yeah. Considering they made the finals, won most of the games, this year they might struggle. So that might affect the yeah. scoring as well. Yeah. Um, and our last midfielder that we're going to talk about is Cullen Ward from GWS. Um, priced at $573,900. Uh, averaged, averaged 106.36 over 22 games. Um do you like this pick, George? I do. I think he's a big POD. He's also flying under the radar, just like Sloan. Uh, he had yeah. a game of 175 last year, and if I'm correct, he also had a game in the 160s. Um, yeah. A big question mark is if he cops Trelaw's tag, then he might be impacted, but I think GWS will have a better year, and he'll be in that top 10 midfielders again. Yeah. I think he's... I think he'll be another great midfield selection. Um, the only question mark I really have of him is that 
even though he, you know, pumps out those big scores, he's only averaged 106 for the season. So that means, you know, he'll have quite a few games that are, are under 100. Yep. He only had one game um, under 80, but he did turn out eight games under 90. So it means he's scoring yeah. in those 80 to 90 ranges. Yeah, so do you, if you really want to have that in your midfield, um, oh, look, I wouldn't... Personally, I probably wouldn't be going anywhere near Callum Ward. But if he if the price is right, I will pick him up during the mid uh, during the mid season. I think he's a sneaky point of difference pick, and you can't really go wrong starting with him, considering with his price. Once again, it'll have to be in place of Parker, Wines, Shield, one of those players. Yeah. Um, you can't start with two yeah. of them, I don't think, considering structures. Nah. I'm, yeah. Structurally, you need to have your real elite midfielders in your starting yep. team. Um, so that concludes our uh, midfielders for tonight. Um, and we'll go on to the rucks. Sweet. Um, so the neck, the first ruckman that we're going to be talking about is also the number one uh, scoring player for Supercoach in 20... 20- 15, and that is Todd Goldstein. He averaged a monster 128.81 over 21 games and is priced at a very hefty $695,100 price tag. Um, Jordan, will you be paying top dollar for this number one Ruckman? Yes, I definitely will be. Um, Just like we said about Heath Shaw in defence, when you've got an outlier like this where he averages a massive 18 points over any other player in his position, I think you have to get them in. Dean Cox, Aaron Sanderlands, when they did it, you have to start them. Otherwise, you're missing out on those points and it just gets very difficult to upgrade to them. Um, Goldie, uh, we don't really need to say much. He had 13 games over 120, only one game with less than 80, and that was against Sanderlands. Um... He had a game yeah. over 220. He's a freak. He only missed one game due to resting. Yeah. Lock him in. Um, I've got nothing else to say. Yeah, um, I think you just can't go wrong with Todd Goldstein. Even if he averages 115, which is... I mean, he's not going to average... I don't think he's going to average 128 again. But even if he averages 115, that's still going to be... He's still going to be the number yeah. one Ruckman. Um for the end for the end of the season, I don't think you can afford to miss out on that, because um, I think there's a big difference in you know having missing out on a, the number one ruckman like Todd Goldstein, and missing out on the number one midfielder like Fife, and picking someone like Dangerfield instead because the price difference is probably only going to be three or four points. Whereas with Goldstein to the next best ruckman, you're probably going to be about ten. 10 to 15 points yep. short. Lock him in. Yeah. Um, lock him in. Forget it. Don't even worry about spending 695 grand because it's, you'll only lose money if you trade him out. Throw away the key. That's when you really <laughs> make... Yeah, just lock... Yeah. Throw away the key. Lock him in. Forget about it. Um, the next one's a bit of a controversial one. Um, Max Gorn. He's priced at $550,800. He averaged 102.08 last year over 13 games. And um, 
from what I've seen, he is in. He should be in. I'll just uh, pull up the percentage. He's in 18% of teams. Now, Jordan, are you part of that 18%? I'm not. I'm a strong part of the other large percentage. Um, Three of his first four games, he scored 118 plus, and everyone yeah. sort of thinks about those games when they think about him and say, yep, he's a lot. Yeah. Um, he didn't score over 110 in the next eight. Um, I reckon he's a massive, yeah. massive danger pick. Even though he's tearing it up in the preseason, he, he's had very stiff competition. Um, he's the number one ruck, but yeah. I think the next guy we're going to talk about is 10k more than him, and I think he's just a much safer pick, Nick Matt. Yes, um, I tend to agree. I think I wouldn't be touching Max Gorn. If he kills it again this season, I probably wouldn't regret it too much. Like, if he pulls out 105... So what? I reckon there's this, there are other ruckmen there who are probably much safer picks that you'll be happy uh, happier to spend more money on. Um, and I might consider him for 2017. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, our next ruckman is Nick Natnui. Um, he's priced at 560,700. Averaged 103.9 over 20 games. Now. From what I've heard, Jordan, he is in your team at he the moment. Is. Um, my reasoning behind that is he started last season with his crook back, limited preseason, um, got off to a real slow start, a lot of 70s, a lot of 80s. Um, after that, though, he, he scored big and he went on a mass, massive tear. And if you consider that he doesn't have any of those issues starting this season... I think he'll start that yeah. way and continue on. I think he's good for even up to 110 average, maybe even more. I think he's a very, very solid pick, very safe pick. Yeah, um, I think he'd be a great pick in your ruck as well. Much, much better than Max Gorn. Much um, safer, at least. Much safer, yeah. he's. I mean, he's got a history of scoring well as on top of that. I mean, even with while he had Dean Cox on... You know, in the same team. I think he. I think he had an um, average of a hundred and fifteen that year. That you're alluding yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next ruckman that I'd like to, to talk about, and he's in my team at the moment. I absolutely love this bloke. Is Stefan Mart. Um, he's in my team at the moment. He's priced at five hundred ninety-seven thousand six hundred. Um, averaged one hundred ten point seven five over twenty games. Um. Do you like this pick, George? I do like this pick. Um, I think he's just about the safest player that you can pick other than Goldstein. Um, averaged 110, doesn't have Loinberger in the team this year. Uh, you can pretty much just lock him in and forget about him for the rest of the year. He'll be he'll be a very good pick. Yeah, um, I tend to agree. I, I, I absolutely love this bloke. Um, as a Lions fan, I, I absolutely Biased. loved it. But yeah, plenty of biased. But he just, as a ruckman, it's so handy when you can also collect possessions around the ground as well. And that's probably one of the main reasons that um, Stefan Martin's been able to average 110. I mean, along with his along with his hitouts, he also uh, gets possessions around the ground, and I think that's it's crucial. It's yep. crucial. Um. So moving on. 
to our next one. Um, Sam Jacobs. In 2014, he was an absolute beast, but he's oh, I wouldn't, he hasn't dropped off since then. But um, he's <laughs> only averaged 107, uh, and he's priced at 582,500 over 21 games. Jordan, would you consider him at all? Um, no, not at all. Crows have nah. a much tougher draw this year. Um, Ruckman that he'll play twice are Goldie, Sanderlands, yeah. and Nick Nat. Um, yeah. Just to name a few, he'll probably struggle against those. I reckon it's a big buyer's beware, and you should probably just stick to the Stefan Martins, Nick Nats, and Goldies. Yeah, um, I agree as well. Uh, I think in that 107 average, he had five scores less than 80. Um, I really don't want that from my Ruckman. No, nah. nah, not at all. Uh, I mean... When you look at it, Nick Nat had six, but you know he was carrying Nick. He started. As well, he started so. very slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be. I'd be much happier going with Nick Nat than Sam Jacobs. Agreed. Um, agreed. Yeah. Um, the last ruckman that we're going to be talking about is uh, quite a really interesting one. Is Mark Blitzards um, from Geelong? Uh, five hundred and sixty-two grand. Uh, averaged a hundred and four point. Two nine over twenty one games. Um, Jordan, are you confident with Blitzer's uh, continuing his form from last year? Um, uh, it's such a tough one. He, we don't yeah. know what role he's going to be fulfilling with Dangerfield coming to the yeah. club, uh, Zach yeah. Smith as well, and Vardy being fit. His nab form has shown a fifty five, a one hundred and seven, and an eighty nine. I mean, he's yeah. just such a it's He's all such over the a big place. question mark. I don't think you can start with him. Yeah. Nah. Um. Because the role that he played last year as a ruckman slash elite running midfielder, I mean, that was yep. perfect. Um. Whether he'll get that again, oh, it's yet to be seen. Because I think Zach Smith is probably going to be the number Unfortunately one. Unfortunately for him, I think he'll be he'll move into that like floating forward slash defender role, which can be yeah. very popular for points, but I don't think he'll be consistent enough to pick him. Yeah, I think amongst, you know, scores of 120 plus, you're going to get a lot of scores under 70, 80, and I don't think you'd really want that in your rucks. He's not safe enough when you've got Nick Nat, Martin, considering those Yeah, considering what you've got around the ground, I think you just leave him alone. So that concludes our Ruckman, and we will move on to the final uh, position, which is the forwards. Okay, so the first forward that we're going to be talking about is Buddy Franklin. Uh, priced at $470,100, he averaged 87.12 over 17 games. Um, Jordan, uh promised a lot but these last three seasons haven't been great for Buddy what do you think I'd love to but I can't warrant a selection Um, he can be very inconsistent he can also string together a bunch of games where he scores 120 Um, the thing that gets me is the fact that he hasn't averaged over 100 since 2012 and he hasn't played 20 games since 2009. I mean, that just screams danger. He's one of the players where if they have Carlton 
St Kilda, Essendon all in a row, then you want to trade him in. But yeah, I mean he's just he's far too inconsistent. I'd much rather just pick my mids and go from there. Yeah, um, I tend to agree. I just think he, unless you know you like any other upgrade target, if you find him at three hundred k, then it's hard to go wrong. Um, but I think I think it's far too risky to start him. I mean, if he comes out, you know, like a house on fire, then we're all going to be looking like fools. But I think the fact that he's a key position player has, you know, mental health issues, and even his nab hasn't been great. I mean, thirty six, sixty two, and ninety five. And that ninety five was against Carlton. Yeah, so I don't think you'd be. I don't think. He's probably the best selection. If he had have come out but, in the cup and gone 120, 110, and 100, and then he picks himself. Like you, you got to get him based on that. Yeah. Because yeah. he's come out so poorly, and then you look into his like games played over the last six years, averages over the last five, you, I don't think you can pick him in your team. Nah, nah, you can't. Um, okay, so moving on to the our next forward. Um, I'm... Sure, you're keen on this guy, Jordan, being a Port fan. Um, Chad Wingard, yeah. priced at $527,800, averaged 97.82 last year, over 22 games. Um, I'm sure you're very keen on him, Jordan. Um, very durable, that's, that's certain. Um, he started very poorly last year, as did Port. But he, I, I, yeah. by memory, he had a run of eight or nine games in a row where he kicked at least four goals. When he's doing that, yeah. it is so difficult to score under 100. And yeah. with the draw that Port Adelaide have this year, I think he's in for a big improvement over last year. And yeah. he's almost a guarantee. I don't want to say guarantee, but he's almost a guarantee to finish as a top 10 forward. Yeah. Um, I think the thing I like about Chad is that he can play as a he ha, can play as a goal kicking midfielder, or just you know a regular midfield player that can run through the middle. I mean, he kicks a lot of goals, like he kicks bags of four, or five, on a regular basis. Um, I think that's what I really like about his game style. He's also he rates elite. I think he was even number one in the competition for score involvements, and that's just that's super coach yeah. gold. That is that's. Yeah, like if he's not kicking well, the goals, he's involved in them, and that's just yeah, the assists yeah, as well. Yeah, he's got points ticking over at all times. I think it's, I think yeah. he's a very good pick. Um, yeah, he's very pricey as well, but depending on your structure, I think he's a good pick to start with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the next uh, forward that we're going to be talking about is Dane Zorko, um, priced at five hundred forty-three thousand dollars. Averaged a hundred point six four over twenty two games. Um, I like I like this pick. Um, what about you, Jordan? Between rounds nine and twenty three, he only scored under ninety one points on one occasion. Yeah. Um, he yeah. hit scores of one hundred and twenty four twice, one hundred and fifty seven, yeah. one hundred and forty five, one hundred and thirty four. When he gets on a hot patch like that, it's very risky to not have him in your team. Having yeah. said that, I probably won't start with him but yeah. he looks like a very good uh, upgrade option. Yeah, um, same with me. I'm probably not going to start him, but he's an excellent starting choice. 
Um, I think just the fact that, you know, you've got guys like Dustin Martin and uh, Michael Barlow as well to contend with, who I reckon are just absolute locks. Um, I think Zorko could very well be a third pick midfielder, and I think you'd have no problem with him averaging 100 uh, over the course of the year. I think he's year. capable of 105 or 110 average. Yeah, so I think he's got absolutely. room to improve. If Brisbane have a better year than last year, he could be yeah. a very worthwhile pick to start with. Yeah. Um, I think also with the news that Dane Beams um, has uh, been He's been injured, ruled out for the first month at least. That for, yeah, so I think that will see a lot more uh, game time, I mean midfield time for Dame Zorko and much like your buddy Chad Wingard um, he can also be very damaging on the scoreboard yep. yeah um, so I'd be very happy to pick uh, Dane Zorko in my team um, next guy that we're going to be talking about is Luke Dalhouse at uh, priced at 562 563,600, averaged 104.45 over 22 games. Um, Do you think that Dalhouse can hold his midfield spot in 2016, Jordan? Well, Liberatore is to come back, and Jake Schwimmer's been promised more mid-time. I think that hurts him. Um, Having said that, he only had three scores under... 80 in the whole year last year. Yeah. He's super consistent. Yeah. Um, if Bulldogs have a year like last year, he's one of those players where, you know, don't pick him at your peril. Um, yeah. He's, he is pricey, so for me, he's an upgrade target. Yeah. Um, I've got him in my team at the moment. Um, reason being, I think he's going to be in the midfield quite a bit. And he's also capable of kicking one or two goals a game. Um, it's almost standard for Dalhouse, really. I think you wouldn't find too many games from him where he hasn't hit the scoreboard at least once, whether it be goals or behinds. The good thing about Dalhouse is he's also a tackling machine. If he gets four or five tackles, then he's he's already halfway to 50 points and he doesn't need much more to tip him over. Um, yeah, so I just reckon, yeah, Dalhouse would be a good pick to start or as an upgrade target. Maybe 563 is a bit much, for someone who poses that much risk. But, you know, that's it's a decision that you guys are going to have to make, you know, because I don't think you'll be starting all of Chad, Chad Wingard, Dane Zorko, and Luke Dalhouse. I think you're just going to be picking one of them, yep. along with um, Dusty and Michael yep, Barlow. It's just, I reckon there's only room for one. And, I mean, for me, that's Chad, but I can't bash Zorko or Dalhouse. I think they're both excellent picks as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, the last two uh, forwards that we're going to be talking about together are the two most expensive uh, forwards in Supercoach for uh, 2016, but they're also probably the oldest. Um, and that's Brett Deledio and Lee Montagna, who are both around uh, 600k, and they're averaging both just over 110. Um would you be happy to pay top dollar for these guys? I won't be starting with either. Um, Montagna seems like a, a decent POD, but, I mean, his role isn't even guaranteed in that team. Like He, he might be a mid, he might be a yeah. full pocket, he might be... Like, he, he switches up a lot in that team. 
Um, he's yeah. just a bit of a glue man who can who can sort of just go anywhere. Um, yeah. With Deledio, he always seems to have a little bit of a niggle where he drops him yeah. twice a bit, and they both just yeah. seem like upgrade options. Deledio, I'd start with out of the two. He was super consistent yeah. last year when he could get on the park, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I can I can see I myself mean, trying to get either the, of them in. Yeah, yeah, he missed the start of the season as well, Deledio. So you know. He played the first game, had a missed out, missed a few games afterwards, and then he just absolutely set the set the world on fire. Considering from then on in, never looked. Considering he got injured in the first game and then had to come back yeah. later on, he only had two games yeah. under eighty. I mean, he's yeah. super consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. He's probably the best yeah. pick at the forward position, but for that yeah. price, structurally, you'd want to you'd want to be certain that yeah. he's going to play all twenty two at that high level yeah so upgrade targets if at best I think they're both upgrade targets yeah um yeah I tend to agree um so just to finish off um who would you say are the locks in each position guys that you should just pick and do not even think about Taking them out of your Well, side. we didn't mention or go through any through any of these players because they are locks, yeah. and that's for me. It's yeah. Rockliffe, um, Fife's definitely a lock. Barlow yeah. and Dusty in the forward line, and I think we can yeah. both agree that Dangerfield, considering his form and the way he's finished yeah. last season, I'll, I've locked yeah. him into my midfield as well. Yeah. Um, in defence, I will lock Heath. He's locked away. for me as well, and Gold yeah. Goldstein and... lock as well. Yeah, absolutely. Going to be the number one player in his position. Um, and also for me, Gary Ablett. I think even if he gets injured or, you know, um, you know, he doesn't play out the full season, I think just the mere fact that everyone's on him, uh, it's going to hurt. It's too him. risky not it's to a risk. start with him. Yeah. Like, it's almost... it's it's You shouldn't be worried about not having him... I mean, not you shouldn't be worried about having him in your team and then him getting injured because it's a lot easier to get him out of your side than it would be yep, to get him in. Agreed. Well, this concludes our first ever Dr. Supercoach podcast. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, we'd love to hear feedback, so uh, you can contact us via Facebook or Twitter. So uh, thanks again and see you next yeah. week.